Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the next edition of Myths and Stories. Tonight is uh, episode four of the Books of Sorrows with your hosts, Mythborn and Zorialis. Take it away, fellas. All righty. Uh, well, uh, yeah, this is it. This is this is this is number four in part uh, four of twelve thousand. Um, because this story just keeps <laughs> freaking going. It just keeps going. Um, it's dense. Uh, tonight's episode is going to be a yeah. dense one, right, Myth? Uh, they all are. So yeah. <laughs> well, tonight. Um, sorry, but tonight yes. is going to be a more denser than normal uh, one because, like, uh, this is this is these book, are long uh, verses. What, two, uh, we're, we're starting on, on, we're on, yeah, we're starting on verse two seven. Two seven. Okay, so we'll be doing. Hopefully tonight we can get through the rest of book two. Uh, but typically that's how we, we, Myth and I have also noticed this. Um, when these verses start up, like the first like, I don't know, five or six subsects of the verse uh, are mm-hmm. pretty light. They're 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 kind of setting the scene for the rest of the for the rest of the verse, and then the last like three or four are like hard heavy long they they're every, every everything that we love here on myths and stories um long hard and full of lore uh so we mm. are going to <laughs> you can't don't me <laughs> uh so yeah so we'll uh uh last time we'll do a quick recap here uh last time we talked about uh uh the sisters going on their rampage uh they've officially changed over to uh three of the of the or three of the new names um uh zebu arath uh sabathun and aurash she's 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 still not uh or no well, she Aurix, went, right yeah she went from aurash to Aurix. so she so she is Aurix, or but he she's not now Oryx i suppose yet. he right yep yep um the 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 worms have essentially escaped their the prison of fundament um and again i keep using that term prison i it's it's less of a prison and more of a they just have me trapped there um so it's 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 a it's a prison light i guess would be the the um yeah i I mean i I get prison to them we're not we're still unclear as to exactly the origins and for the purpose that fundament was was created but it yep. served as a prison, whether that was the intention or not. Yep. And so they're going from moon to moon to moon. Uh, um, and one of the moons they come across uh, has an encampment of uh, cephalopods, which Myth and I are pretty pretty much on the same page, that this was a some sort of uh, um, elixney encampment, uh, not the main city of Reese or anything like that. Um, but it, like... It, they almost the the sisters in their armies almost got wiped out by these guys because they had the the power of the light, right? Yeah, they had paracausal weaponry, um, which let me look here. Uh, da, 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 da. The Ammonites have begun using paracausal weapons. What are these? How do they work? Wouldn't you like to know? Suffice to say that some powers in this universe are superordinate to mere material physics. Their effect is subtle but devastating. Uh, that was the worms um, to uh, our rocks in regards our to uh, their sisters fighting against the Ammonites. 
uh, in pursuit of Tawix, who was the krill that betrayed the Osmium King to the Helium Drinkers and then fled to the uh, Ammonites when the sisters uh, started hunting them down. Yep. So uh, so we're now on verse, uh, what, 2-6 is where we're starting tonight? 2-7 is where we're starting tonight. 2-7. Yep. Uh, and before we get into the readings in full, I'm just going to use this as a quick opportunity at the top of the episode. Normally I'd say this at the end. Uh, just to remind everybody that we have our full suite of podcasts uh, since we started decently recording, at least, um, available up on Podbean now. So if you haven't already looked at those and you find something that is of interest to you, please check it out there. Uh, but yeah, so for tonight... Self-plug, go. Self-plug. <laughs> uh, Love it. We got some good stuff there, and I want people to know about it, damn it. We do. We um, do. Uh, and we, we've actually, since we've moved on to a, even an even better recording uh, uh, situation here, uh, we, we might end up going back. I say we might. I, I know we will just because we're that mm-hmm. passionate about it. Uh, and, and now that we have the, <laughs> the fourth grim, grimoire that's all Marasena, we're probably going to go back and record some of our earliest episodes, uh, specifically oh, yeah. the the story of, of Mara and I, I definitely would love to, I don't, did you, did you manage to get the uh, Glycon on there? I didn't. Uh, so the Glycon okay. was technically our first recorded episode. Uh, That's what I thought. Yeah. So we, we did one on the Glycon and then really enjoyed that and decided like the crazy people we are to make number two <laughs> be the Mara Senna. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and just dive headfirst in. Hey, here's this, um, here's this little single thing story. Now let's cover the deepest lore in the world. So unfortunately, that was a brilliant idea. <laughs> yeah, un- unfortunately, we do not have the Glycon or the Marasena stories, um, our, our original recordings at least. I think we are definitely going to re-record them. Uh, awesome. We do have our discussion about Sheer Ida, which touches on a, a few things that happen in the Marasena. Yep. Um, as well as uh, Aldrin Sov, um, and to a minor degree, we have the the three part series about the crow, which talks less about it, but it, events are mentioned here and there. Yep. But yeah, I fully expect we will do a re recording of that uh, come the end of this season or the end of the season's uh, story, uh, which is kind of on hold at the happen. moment. For tonight, but back to the action. Two point yeah. seven. Two seven. So this is verse two seven called the weakness verse, uh, and just to to give a little bit of context leading up to this verse, the worms have been talking to uh, Aurex in regards to Aurex's reluctance to wage war on these uh, on these Ammonite people. Uh, Showing mercy, trying to parlay, um, trying to find a, a peaceful resolution. Uh, now, 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 is it is it a peaceful resolution, or is it because um, he's just Aurex is not about war? Like obviously, Zebra Wrath is is more the warmonger um, of the three sisters, and Aurex is more about the knowledge. So, to me, I, I feel like he's trying to gain knowledge through them by not defeating them, right? Like trying to. Almost trying to like like usurp the sword logic. 
A, a little bit, I, I think so. So the, the exact verse or the exact reading, uh, this comes out of verse 2-5, uh, says, Aurix's failure of resolve led us to catastrophe. Um, Savathun, you must draw Aurix out of his catatonia. Make him understand that the, that the ideals of peace and stability he clings to are cancers, brutal, unjust obstacles between us and a fair cosmos. Uh, so it, and, and I think it's mentioned later, but I, I think it, Aurix tried to negotiate a peace and either failed that negotiation or, uh, the Ammonite used that negotiation as a, a way to, uh, cause, you know, perform an ambush of their own, um, yep. or, or something happened that, that, that failed negotiation turned the tide of, of this battle, uh, against, the the hive uh the krill turned hive and uh yeah you're you're right aurix's nature is is curiosity is is knowledge exploration not warfare but the worms are very much telling them telling him uh and and his sisters that like that the only path forward is annihilation of obstacles in front of you and the Ammonite are an obstacle in front of you, essentially. Interesting. So that leads us to verse 2-7, the weakness verse. You are dead, young Aurix, betrayed and murdered by your own sister for the crime of mercy. Remember what you said to the Ammonite Satellite Congress? We will parlay on neutral ground. Savathun's witches have rendered it utterly neutral. No living thing will ever claim it again. The space around the dry moon stinks of rot. This is good. This is right. You will learn from this. Don't you understand, great king? Don't you want to build something real? Something that will last forever? Our universe gutters down towards cold entropy life is an engine that burns up energy and produces decay life builds selfish stupid rules morality is one of them and the sanctity of life is another these rules are impediments to the great work the work of building a perfect undying creation a civilization everlasting something that cannot end if a civilization cannot defend itself it must be annihilated. If a king cannot hold his power, he must be betrayed. The worth of a thing can be determined only by one beautiful arbiter, that thing's ability to exist, to go on existing, and to remake existence to suit its survival. All that would oppose this arbiter is unholy and false. All the misery and terror of your ancestors springs from the lies of the sky who deny this truth. Your ancestors endured the most hostile conditions, and now you must go on creating those conditions, even unto your sisters, even unto your offspring. Savathun's betrayal is the greatest gift she could offer you. Your body is gone, but you have endured safe in the cyst universe created by your own might, your throne world. From this day forward, Aurix, 
you and your sisters will survive death so long as you are not killed in your own throne. Even as your sisters press the attack against the Ammonites, the god wave devastates fundament. Trillions will die, but the survivors will never forget, and their descendants will always be ready for another syzygy. When you return to the material universe, use this lesson to complete your work. Tawix wasn't on the dry moon. She must be laughing at you. Wow. Uh, There's a lot there. <laughs> I, you weren't I, kidding when you said this was deep. Uh, I also want okay. to just uh, make a, a little, like, I guess, personal note. Uh, this is one of the one of those verses, um, as we've been reading through, and I'm sure I will find others, that feels very biblical to me. Very much, um, very much. Just, it, it has, but, I mean, when, it's when written you, with that same sort of, of, like, reverence. Well, and we've we've talked about uh, before in some of the previous episodes about how, like, the Traveler and, you know, the Vanguard is almost looked at as a, as a religion with the speaker for the, for the uh, Traveler. And then you have, like, the different types of religion like new monarchy and the and the the um god they're they're, they're all gone now so Future <laughs> they don't matter anymore that's but yeah. that's an odd that's a very dark dark <laughs> thinking of it uh but yeah dead orbit and 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 new monarchy and and uh future war cult uh we look we talked about them as being almost almost a religious type faction and so to me like this this is this is just another type of religion that exists in the universe and it just so happens to revolve around the worm gods and 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 the worm gods to a lesser degree and definitely more towards the darkness right like oh yeah the, i mean it's... the worm guards are definitely portraying this as like this this is like for for something to uh exist without purpose is is unholy right like that's like that that's well i, I don't it's, it's necessarily... interesting to, to see that I don't necessarily think they're saying something to exist without purpose, but they're saying that something to exist without proving it's right to exist should oh, not be okay. there. Um, yeah, sure. Cause there, which is, which is, that's where the, the basis of the sword logic is, right? Like yeah, that's the worth of a thing is determined by one arbiter, that thing's ability to exist, to go on existing and to remake existence to suit its survival. Uh, to that that's the one that stuck with me there that to remake existence to suit its survival so it's literally like the only reason that 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 x creature or x species is surviving is because it has shaped everything around it in a way that serves itself mm -hmm. uh it, it, and and if it and if it can't serve or or has no purpose to serve it's cut away like it's yeah it's gone like it deserves to no longer exist yeah so there, so so there's there's a couple more points in there that that um really just kind of like i mean it biblical is definitely the 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 right word for it um there there's there's god no I, this is sorry i'm still trying to wrap my mind around this right now this hmm. is this is this got deep real quick um mm -hmm. starting strong start start off strong <laughs> but yeah so it, it like obviously like so th when they're talking to him right now um Alrix 
is he actually dead here? Is he sitting in his throne world? Yes. Uh, or yeah. that's that's the sense that I have of it. Like they're like they they start off with you are dead, and so like it, they, it it's not like saying like you're dead to me, right? Like it's not like I don't want to talk to you anymore. It, they're literally telling him, hey, you, you died. You you're not alive anymore. Because later on in the verse, they talk about returning to the material world. So that to me made it all seem like, hey, you were he's in his throne world. He's in his ascendant now. And this is, I think, I need to make a, a, a clarification here. Is a throne world the equivalent of the ascendant realm? So my understanding is that throne worlds are. Let me see if I can if I can put this into words. Throne worlds are either uh, a piece of the ascendant realm that they have carved out for themselves by sheer might of will, or they are pocket dimensions that they have created again out of just their might and and will, and the their pocket dimensions that are that the ascendant world is the bridge between them and our plane of existence. I like that explanation. I like that. Cause it, cause that means it's, it's not entirely ascendant plane. It's not entirely material plane. It could be a little bit of both. It could be a little weighted more one way than the other, but it's, it's not, it's, it's, it, the throne world is definitely like their own it exists because they have thought it into existence and everything in that throne world and that's i think that's an important thing to think about when we're moving forward in the current season into the next expansion right because the witch queen mm -hmm. is all about going to savathun's throne world we're not going to an, to the ascendant plane we've already been to like when we've we go to the, to the ascendant realm, plane a bunch right like we've gone there tons of times we've gone there back in d1 right like that's we had to become ascendant in order to use their their gate network, um, so that like it, it's I think that's a, that's an important thing there that that he is in his throne world and not necessarily in the ascendant plane. But even then, he still can't die in his unless if he is killed in his throne world, because that's that is a that is a I I feel like the the throne world is tied to um, maybe 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 not purely tied to. But I feel like it's definitely tied to like self-thought and self-preservation, and so because of that, if if your material body is to die in this material plane of existence, that your spirit or whatever automatically has to return to that throne world because that throne world is is tied to the to the to the and and I say spirit because that's it that's the only real word I have to think to to I mean, apply we, to it. We know the hive refer to things as souls you know they have the over soul well, yeah. um they call it you know the soul of crota uh yep. and, and so on and so forth so i, I think that's just that's Pit the hive's yeah, no, terminology absolutely. for it is, is a soul yeah well then that's the terminology we're going to use uh so yeah so um so yeah and and we've seen that with with other obviously mara had her own throne world and she was able to 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 throw her soul her soul back in there mm -hmm. um and so, yeah, it, it's it's interesting that that they're straight up telling um, Alrix, uh, you can't die, like you're you're immortal. Yep. 
Yeah, they they tell him uh, from this day forward, Aurix, well, you and your and, sisters will each survive death. And it's it's immortal with an asterisk, right? Right. <laughs> like it's it's not like godlike immortality. Like you literally can't. Like there, nothing can unmake you. Because he then goes on to say, unless you're killed in your throne world. Yep, unless you're killed in your throne world. Um, and I, I think Which that that's... to me is kind of like this like backhanded, like... Because, like... Well, no, I, I, Guardians can totally die, because once you once once we lose our connection with the light, we can die. Yeah. And and permanent. I mean, obviously, we've seen that with Kate 6 Like, we've seen that plenty of places where, where Guardians have died. Um, so it's, it's interesting to think, to me... To think of this idea of immortality in this world of destiny with a with a it, it, immortality throughout the entire world of destiny is always with an asterisk <laughs> <laughs> now something that i find kind of interesting here um is you know my, my initial thought when i was reading over some of this uh was like oh well if the hive or or these upper echelons of the hive have immortality isn't that the exact same thing that the darkness claims is is what you know guardians have that is perverse by nature of the right. light, and I I think having reread this now, the big difference between the two is that guardians have immortality through the light because the light provides it to them, whereas with the hive, you have to be powerful enough to have created a throne world, which is you making remaking existence to suit your survival it's not that you were given a gift that keeps you alive it's that you through your power created a way for you to continue living which is in line with the tenet that they right. put forward and that's that's an interesting way to look at it too like it's a gift versus a power like no that, that and that i feel like that would that would absolutely it's it's funny how many parallels I'm seeing here. Like now that we've actually called it very biblical, it's I'm seeing a lot of parallels between <laughs> this and 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 a lot of I, I say a lot of, of modern day religions, but just religion in general, right? Like yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of religions have the same basic belief. Like there 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 is a there is a a a I don't I don't want to get too political with this and just <laughs> completely derail it. We'll, I'll try to take it very basic. There uh, and, and there's a video I remember of it that that uh, um, I can't remember the author of the video, but it's on YouTube somewhere. And and if I ever find it, I'll, I'll definitely recredit him here. Um, but he talks about how there's sky cake, right? Like when you die, you go and you get sky cake. But but there's all sorts of different cakes. But each each baker is convinced that his cake is the only cake for you. And that all the other cakes are wrong, and you can't have any of the other cakes. <laughs> where it's like, well, what if I like what if I like donuts and not cakes? Well, that's wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. But donut could just be another baker. So it's, that that I like that analogy of it, um, just because it, that's it, it. It to to me at least, it makes me think, right? Like it's it's like. It, it, God, I really, I this is hard to talk about religion without getting way deep into it so that's i'm just gonna i'll just put it there and say this is a very good analogy here um so yeah that's yeah 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 go go ahead (laughs) (laughs) this this episode i why is this so deep so sudden that's what she said um oh god 
demonetized. <laughs> Go ahead, miss. Yeah. Yeah. So the 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 uh, takeaway from this verse for me is essentially uh, Savathun killed Aurix. Um, maybe knowing that he wouldn't actually die, die. Maybe not. I I think uh, I think that was knowingly. Like I I yeah. I think she had like because if the worms are are talking directly to her, because I, I are they still talking through the through the 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 her father's familiar. Uh, I don't know if they have to anymore. Um, right, because like, they I think they're, they're just, just conversing like... directly from the sounds of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and say I it's uh so Savathun killed Aurix. Um, the the worm gods see this as a good thing. See this as a, a teaching moment of like, see Aurix, you are weak. You need to be willing to, you know, make sure that you continue to exist. Uh. Yeah, and, and essentially are, are just using this as an opportunity to further drive home the, like, you need to conquer in order to explore. Right. Um, amongst all the other, you know, reading between the lines that, that we can do and, and have done. Uh, the other bit of this is that Savathun, somehow, some way, turned a whole moon sterile. Uh, yeah, and like completely sterile right like like not even bacteria is living on this thing like it it's it's just a rock now yeah uh savathun's witches have rendered it utterly neutral no living thing will ever claim it again the space around the dry moon stinks of rot so has done so that, something that to, me, to this well so that to me leads to like like what we see in game uh, when when they have those like those black wizard bubbles that form around us, and mm-hmm. and does like the suppression field, so there's definitely some type of suppression going on there, uh, to prevent any type of life living there or even existing or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's literally just describing the first, uh, I, I'd say the first uses usage of uh, wizard magic or yeah. Wizard magic. Yeah. So that, I mean, cause I don't have a better word for it. So it's wizard magic. <laughs> it's wizard magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that that's the only other big takeaway from this verse, uh, that we hadn't talked about. So I think we can move on then to verse eight, uh, or two, eight, excuse me. Uh, which, is the Leviathan rises. The Leviathan has broken cover. The old priest is in an open space, moving towards the Ammonite home moon. Chroma Admiral Rafrit and his elite guard move with it. Rafrit is the hero of his generation, an Ammonite of peerless battlecraft. He's danced circles around Sivu Arath, but now... He has to protect his holy Leviathan. We'll give the old Lunk a word. Ruin, grief and ruin. The Krill lost, the Ammonite ravaged, our travelers' work undone. Sisters of Aurash, open your eyes. Who made you monsters? Who summoned the wave? Make peace, join with me 
in golden renewal. In counter-argument, Auryx, we ask you this. What has the Leviathan done for your people? Who gave you immortality and led you out of your prison? Who answers your questions about the universe with truth instead of sermon? Find Didente with Savathun, crush the Chroma Admiral, boil the Ammonite seas, and slaughter the Leviathan with witchcraft. Once the way is open, we will show you how to eat the Traveler. I find it very interesting here that the presumably, because we kind of flip uh, speakers here or, or, you know, narrators, I suppose, here, um, and then flip back. I presume that the first bit that the Leviathan has broken cover, the old priest is in open space. I assume that that is being said by the worms uh which is interesting because they're referring to the leviathan now as a priest and right. they refer like to definitely something of the light yeah and they are referring to uh admiral Raffrey and the ammonite people um are protecting their holy leviathan uh which we may not be able to do this episode without diving deep into religion because this is, I mean, th- this is, I mean, yeah. Okay. Continue. So it, it's interesting. And, and again, we don't know how much of this is, you know, worms putting a spin on things. Um, right. How much of this is the, uh, you know, how, how much of this is true. Um, and they, they allow seemingly they allow the Leviathan to speak. And I don't know if that means the Leviathan has been trying to like telepathically speak to the, uh, Auryx and Sabathun and Sibu Arath and the worms have been blocking it in some way that that seems to be what's sure. implied here because they're saying like, we'll allow them to speak a little bit. And, the uh, Leviathan is essentially lamenting the fact that, you know, the krill are, are lost. The krill no longer exists. It's, it's only the hive right. now. It's only the, the hive now. And the Ammonite, this, these other peoples are being ravaged by war. Um, and it's, it's pleading with them, says, Sisters of Aurash, open your eyes. Who made you monsters? Who summoned the wave? Uh, again, implying from the Leviathan that the worms created this wave to make you desperate enough to take their power. Literally, that's exactly. I'm. I yes. So, uh, it which to me still spins the, still kind of spins the Leviathan. Uh, we keep talking about it as a neutral party, but I, I, I I'm still leaning more towards it being a light oriented creature. I, I think so too. Um, yeah. It, if anything, it's like neutral good, right? Like it's not, it's, it's not like lawful good, right? Like it's, it's just, right. It, it's, it's not purely good for the sake of being good, which to me, which would be like 
the representation of the light. But yeah. it's 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 more like, hey, the darkness is doesn't do doesn't see life and doesn't see the world the way I see it. So and 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 the light sees it in a more positive spin, allowing more and more things to exist rather than just break it all down to the single thing that exists and the last thing that exists. Where it it, it yeah, it definitely seems like it's it's light oriented. Yeah, I'm I'm really not sure what I think of the Leviathan at this point. Because on one hand, it didn't prevent them from right. you know going and contacting the worms but on the other hand now it it, it seems very much light aligned May, and maybe because it, it says you know make peace join me join with me in golden renewal uh, and it refers to like our traveler's work has been undone so I don't, again, I don't think it's a servant of the light. I almost see the Leviathan, especially with it being referred to as a priest, um, as a, a speaker, as the same way that humanity saw the speaker. Had the speaker, yeah, yeah. You know, communed with the traveler or, you know, had some understanding of the traveler's underlying, uh, you know, desires. It, it could have been, it could have been, it, it been just like a, like an evolution of, of, of um, what'd you call that? An evolution of sighting, I guess. Like yeah. in the, in the beginning it's neutral. It's like, I don't care, light, dark, whatever. And then over time it says, okay, I'm starting to see darkness do a lot and a lot more things that I'm not a hundred percent on board with, but it's not, I'm not going to say that killing it outright is a good idea because then that kind of goes against the whole idea of the light and the, and good and, and goodness in general. So it's more like, okay, well, it'll continue to exist. And now that it's gotten kind of out of hand and now it's gotten control of these sisters. Now it's like, okay, we got to do something here. Like back this train up. We, uh, all right, light, let's go. Let's get together. Let's, let's shut this thing down and, and I'll be, I'll be your speaker. That's that, that to me is what it, it seems like to me. Cause like the, the whole, like, like the joining with the Leviathan, that was, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. I'm uh like I said, I, I don't have a good grasp on exactly where the Leviathan fits in this. The Ammonite seem to revere it as holy. Absolutely. Um which would would still match in with the whole speaker thing. Um you know, because the speaker was considered holy. Uh yep. in you know, in, in I, the eyes I of, still, of the I still guardians. think of the Vanguard. I I still think of the Vanguard as as a religious uh um entity i know oh, yeah. i know that they are not particular i know I, it and, it and it's not it's not that the vanguard are like like the holy crusade knights right like they're no it, it can be looked at like that because obviously guardians are guarding the last city and and they are by nature warriors um wielding the light and so that 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 in itself can look like a holy crusader type thing but i i think that guardians just so happen to be of the vanguard because are there are there guardians that aren't part of the vanguard or is oh, yeah. the vanguard just the three main i mean there's plenty uh, of guardians class. that aren't part of the vanguard anyone that's not defending the last city aren't necessarily oh. a part of the vanguard right drifter 
Drifter's a guardian, but he does. Yeah, okay. So yeah, so that yeah. yeah so I then in in that sense, then Vanguard is absolutely a. I see it as as a religious entity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. Ish. Uh, I don't ish. know. It's ish is a ish is a very good. I think I think that. <laughs> It's like immortality with an asterisk. Their religion with an asterisk. <laughs> like it's, it, 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 it's hard to start drawing parallels now, right? Because this is where right. this is where this really starts branching off into being its own, its own thing, and it's 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 hard to get those parallels to current modern day understandings of, uh, of different different ideas and different different uh, um, thoughts. Yeah. So, I. Yeah, I think it can be interpreted a lot of ways as far as where the Leviathan fits in to everything. Um, I think it's it's very clear to say that it is on the side of the light and the worms at the very least deem it an enemy. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of the 100%. only the only 100% that we can really say. Uh, and this, this is this verse is essentially more of just the worms trying to gaslight in my opinion, yeah. You know, I was going to say the whole second half of this definitely feels like the the worms just feeding them lines that that they want to. I, I don't know if it's lines that the the sisters want to hear, but it's definitely lines that the worms want to uh, propagate. Like that's this is definitely where the the worms are projecting themselves their their thoughts and their their ideas outward and saying this is this is the way life is. Yeah, no, it's one of those ones that you know, um, it, it's it's very close actually to what Savathun tells us this season when she has some of her conversations with the guardian uh nothing they say is false per se but it's all very much (laughs) skewed in their own to make make it make themselves in a positive light history Um, written by the victors yeah you know who who gave you immortality and led you out of your prison? Who answers your questions about the universe with truth instead of sermons? I notice they never actually address what the Leviathan has said. The Leviathan asks, you know, who made you monsters? Who summoned the wave? The worms never deny either of those things. They just that's, give. I think that's an interesting point. There's never been a like even up to this point. There's never been a point in any of these verses. Like the worms have always said this wave is coming, but they've never direct. Like have they actually directly said that it has been caused by the light or it was caused by that fifty third moon by the traveler or anything? Or have they just been like, hey, there's a synergy. Um, Ta-da. that's a good question. I feel like they have tried to say that uh, that it was caused by the light. Or was caused by, um, by the traveler. I think they specifically said the traveler. I think that I, I think, I think that was they specifically the said the traveler. Uh, but notice, you know, here when when the Leviathan says who summoned the wave, they they don't try and toss it at the traveler again. They just try and like not acknowledge it at all. Yeah. Um, and yep. you know, bring up their own what they what they feel and clearly are more uh, convincing points in uh to their their new worm friends or their new krill friends um so that leads us on to verse 
two nine called Crusaders. Oh, dang it. It's done. Air and Yol feed on the Leviathan's carcass. Sivu Arath has made a temple of the Chroma Admiral's impaled corpse. Below us, Savathun's poisons stain the Ammonite home sea black. Their screams flavor the void. The traveler has fled. Do you understand, Oryx? Do you thrill at the secret, Savathun? Do you relish the edge, Sivu Arath? Do you see the beautiful shape? The Ammonite occupied a piece of reality. They rented their existence on fraudulent terms, making themselves happy and fat, fencing themselves in soft lies and sweet apocrypha, saying we are peaceful and good, we harm nothing. Their golden age was a cancer. They did nothing to advance the cause of life. They burnt up time and matter and thought on this celepistic, onanistic pursuit of safety, insulating themselves from death, making a regressive pocket of useless stability. When they could have helped whittle the universe towards its final perfect form, and your people suffering in the deep, you became more worthy of existence than the Ammonites. You have proven it. Look around the sky. Behold the great divide, the battle lines of the cosmic war. We are the worm, your god, but we are not the deep itself. We only move within it. You shall too. You shall venerate and study it and haunt it in its passage. Will you lift your thoughts to the millennia, Oryx? Will you bend your will to the liberation of the universe and join us in the war against the sky? We need champions, crusaders. Help us save the universe. Help us exterminate that which would destroy all hope. You are oath-bound to this task by the covenant of the worm. And you are oath-bound to kill Tawix, wherever she's hidden herself. Well, you can forget the whole Crusader thing that I just said five seconds ago. <laughs> this is this is full on out of Holy War. This is full on like this. This to me now, the after hearing this this passage, this is a hundred percent a Holy War, and the Guardians are fighting for the light, or or, or maybe not for the light. Uh, the Guardians are fighting on the light side, and the Hive are fighting on the the dark side. This this is this is this is the so I'm going to draw some comparisons there. Okay. Once I finish plugging in my headphones, they don't die. There you go. I mean, the fact that this verse is called Crusaders, like, damn it. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I, just, they... I, just had a, I just had this great epiphany. <laughs> They're like, no, we're not, we're not religious fighters at all. Damn it. Yeah, no, they are they're very much um showing this, this as this, this, a, this is this is all holy, you know holy and don't listen and don't or listen theological to the sermons. Don't, yeah. It you know, it, it listen to the truth, not the sermon, you know, listen like it dang it. 
Uh-huh. Um so it's uh yeah it's one of those things that um i find it interesting if we think about this as a holy war i and and this is broad strokes not not getting into the nuance of some of the ideologies and whatnot if we just think about this as a holy war between you know the dark side and the light side uh and we assume that the hive are the primary army of the dark because they, they claim we need champions. We need crusaders to help us save the universe. And that, that is truly what the dark thinks it's doing. It it thinks it's saving the universe. It is allowing it to return to its natural state. Um, To the, to the final, to the final shape, to the final shape, that, that term, the final shape. And, we obviously we know right now that the the final uh, we have two more expansions as part of the light and darkness saga uh, from Destiny. The next one, obviously after Witch Queen, we have Witch Queen. Then we have uh, Lightfall, and then we have one called the Final Shape. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something that we that that we need to keep in our minds while we're telling this story is that even right now the darkness is trying to. Not necessarily plant the idea, but but plant the idea of a final shape of, you know, the 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 last living thing in the universe, the last existing thing is the perfect shape, and and we always a lot of people look at look at uh, uh, destiny with with math and and geometry, right? Like the the circle versus the triangle, the the sphere versus the tetrahedron because i refuse to say the word pyramid because pyramid's five-sided and the tetrahedron's <laughs> four-sided and the easiest shape smallest simplest 3d shapes is four-sided shape so uh sorry mini rant done um <laughs> there the, it, it everyone's like well what is the final shape you know what what is the what right. is the final shape? and and even 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 during this season samathun says you know you want to see the manipulators look up and and when you're st- and when you're standing in front of her d- during the season when when that she has that dialogue and you look straight up you see the triangle of her stasis thing over her head with the circle of the um the the dreaming city uh circle behind it mm-hmm. uh, and it looks like a triangle in a circle so it's like you she Stavathun is is this season at least is basically straight up telling us hey you're just you're just a pawn you there's you this isn't a fight between guardians and Savathun, guardians and hive this isn't a fight of ikora and zavala versus Savathun and zebo wrath or even the guardian versus zebo wrath like this is literally we are we are just proxies we are mm-hmm. all just crusaders we're we are parts of a bigger hole that is being parts of a bigger war and a bigger hole that's being fought on a on a level that that we can't even comprehend Yep. Uh, now the the thing that I find interesting about this is uh, the the krill and the hive, although they're essentially forced into being soldiers at this point, they had a choice originally. They could have chosen right. not to accept the the worms deal. However, guardians are conscripts, 
essentially that never had a choice Ooh. in the same sense. They were revived. That's deep. They were revived without any kind of, you know, opportunity to choose whether they wanted to be or not. And when they were revived, the main, uh, you know, the, the thing they were all told was like, you are now a, you know, we, we must act in the best interest of the traveler. We must, we must enact the traveler's will. Now, now, not all guardians do that or were on board with that, but right. they Our also, prime example being the drifter, the prime example being the drifter. And, and there were others, of course, but, um, but like they guardians never got the opportunity to choose and that's that's the an krill interesting thought there did even if they so didn't then, necessarily so then, go the the right path right so so then in that sense and and it's interesting that we call it the right path right like that's true yeah like it, in that sense who's really the bad guy you know like yeah. if if having free will taken away is a non-issue then you know like but the fact that that you see you hit it right on the head there we are conscripts we were actively recruited into the army of the light without any choice without any type of say so i mean we we were dead beings we were just we're bodies at mm -hmm. that point in time whereas the krill were a hundred percent like hey we can give you mortality. We can give you power. We can give you everything. All you have to do is accept us. And now, granted, the acceptance portion was obviously manipulated, right? Like, oh yeah, to have the whole syzygy and and to to create the most desperate of of events, which to me kind of it, it's interesting that 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 it had to go that way, right? Like it had to be the most desperate of events to lead the people to to lead the sisters to the, to the worms, to get them to, to agree and all that, all that stuff versus like, uh, it, versus the idea of immortality of the worm gods, right? Like they could have mm -hmm. just waited, but I'm curious if like, there's something of the darkness that inherently propels them forward that, that, gives the worm gods a drive and we talked about most guardians i say most guardians pretty much every guardian we've come across has had some sort of drive and that's that that kind of seems the the only prerequisite for a guardian is you have to be dead um yeah which so far may may <laughs> for now uh and you have to have drive um but the drive has definitely been the 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 key like, like that's been a a staple. Um, so I'm curious if it's the same with the darkness, right? Like, but then that just leads back to the whole idea of, of these being religions, right? Like the whole, the whole reason a religion thrives and a religion continues forward is there are people willing to put themselves, put, put the religion before themselves and, and have a sort of drive of, you know, there's a greater purpose than just me. I, I am just a cog in a wheel type thing. And, and not necessarily in a bad way, right? Like, you know, you can be a cog in a wheel and, and, and still be happy and functional and everything. And, but it's, it's, it's interesting to me that, that it is that way, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it, it really does make, make you wonder like who, who in the destiny universe is the good guy and who's the bad guy. And, and I don't know if there is one. The idea, right. Like, is there even a good or bad guy? 
like obviously I like and I know I've been telling you about this. I've been getting into 40k Warhammer, and they're all bad guys. <laughs> there are no good guys. It's just they're looking just for the lesser that... of two evils. Right, and so that's where I'm curious as where this is going. By the way, Warhammer, if you want to help sponsors, that'd be totally awesome. <laughs> I will buy as many minis as you want, uh, or you can just send me free samples. I totally accept it. Uh, hey, we got to get some sort of. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> My wife has officially started laughing at me now. Um, so yeah, so that, like, there's that idea of like, what if no side, what, what if there isn't a right side, right? Like, yeah. now when we think of that, Eris Morn, and I, I don't know if Eris specifically uh, is one of the only people to say it, like, but obviously the, the, the Exo Stranger was the first one to say it, like, a, lie, a, a side all, must always be chosen, right? Mm-hmm. Like. It, you must it always choose a side, it, even if it's the wrong one. Right. So that's and 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 then in and that so that was that's going all the way back to like original like launch days of D one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even more recently, uh, there's been talk like like when you talk with with Elsie, there's a few lines where she's like, um, Eris is the only one that seems to to realize that light is not the only option, like. Darkness is an option, but it it and and maybe not darkness is an option, but right like it's it's more like dark, yeah. darkness is an option asterisk like that's, that's <laughs> a lot of this stuff is that's my thing tonight is is everything in this is leading to this like hey da 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 sort of like sort it, of maybe it, yeah maybe kind of ish asterisk yeah yeah. Boy, we really are getting deep tonight. This is mm-hmm. uh, the the only other like last bit I want to take away from this verse is it says, uh, "And you are oath bound to kill Tawix wherever she's hidden herself." So, uh, presumably, they have, yeah, they have to hunt her down. Like they they can't. I wonder if that's like that's now hard coded into their worms hunger type thing, right? Like if we look at Maybe this so. as like a digital level of logic, it, now they have to hunt her down. They literally cannot stop doing anything that they are currently doing until they hunt her down and kill her. Yeah. Um, and I say, and the other thing that I wonder about is, uh, th- this seems to imply that Tawix is still alive out there that, that has, has yeah. fleed the Ammonites before their downfall to who knows where, and is still out there somewhere. Now, is this before, the, before we go on, uh, mm-hmm. uh, T and Italiano would uh, have me correct you, and instead of saying fleed, you should say fled. Fled. You're right. You're right. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that one. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> you, no, he, no, he no. He would be very he, proud. He, he would be very proud of me right now. So uh, I know when, when he listens to this later this week, he will... I'll get a I'll get a random thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and say Tawix is still out there. Now this could be a the worms just saying that to right. give continue to give them a reason to to keep going to to give them additional reason to to drive onwards. Uh, or there's potentially Tawix, the last of the krill, still out in the universe somewhere. Maybe we'll meet him. 
at some Ooh. point. Uh, I like that idea. That's a, that's an interesting thought because I'm I'm so this is this is this is verse two nine right? Yep, this is verse two nine, which is the end of verse two. Correct. So like from here we're 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 basically jumping forward to to the next verse. Um, but if if Taux is no longer mentioned, like if this is the last mention of her, like that's that could be the last of the krill. Like you're right. Like that we could absolutely come across that in a in a in a future expansion or, or a future storyline or something. Um, yeah, that's that's an interesting thought. So that is the end of the verse two. Uh, this last part well, of verse and, and one, two. One last one last thing here that kind of mm-hmm. leads back into the to the whole idea that the the um, the Ammonite are absolutely the elixni. It that they talks about the golden age they had and the traveler fleeing, like it, they're fighting the elixni right now. Oh which yeah, is still or a which is still weird portion to me. of right. Because is Reese a moon of fundament? Well, we talked about, they said the Ammonite live on a, a frozen moon uh, earlier in, right, in right, the right, verses. Right, 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 right. The one that, the, the one in this current one is, is just a, a, um, the, the frozen moon and all of that stuff is we, we talked about that being like a, like a satellite, um, yeah. uh, colony of, of them. But the fact that there is a golden age happening somewhere in this, uh, in these fifty-two moons, is one of the other fifty-two moons Reese. Do we know that, or do I, we know where Reese came from, or where Reese exists in the in the universe? I don't know if we have information. I certainly don't off the top of my head to um, to suggest that they are close to each other. Now that also means that it's not impossible as far as I know. Um, But again, I just feel like that's a pretty large omission of information from every Elixney we've ever talked to. (laughs) Uh, I'm curious curious if that's an intentional omission, right? Like is, is there something that happened during the, the lifespan of the Elixney that has either, you know, is there some type of memory wipe that's happened there? Is there something deeper there or, or is this truly a different type of like, is this a different race? Is this like, you know, the traveler was, sorry, we keep saying the traveler when before we've talked about a traveler, a traveler, um, was this traveler just happened to be in this near fundament and doing all the stuff with the golden age stuff there. While at the same time, there's another traveler doing stuff with the Elixney on whatever planet or moon or whatever they're from. Uh, and but because the only thing we have is we know it was called Reese, right? Like it was the city of Reese on the on the moon or planet of Reese. Outside of that, we don't really have any type of information of where this place is. Yeah, I don't I believe so. I'm doing a quick look up to see if uh, if there's any. Um, well, any while, while you're doing that, anywhere? while you're doing that googling. There were three or four words in verse two nine that I was like, "You're gonna have to Google those words for me, friend." <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of just going off context clues as far as what they might mean. Um, if if we're thinking about the same ones, 
the two or three right in a row that I was always like, <laughs> like you said them, and even you, even as you were saying them, I was like, I don't think Mithra, I know what the fuck these words mean. <laughs> nope. nope, I don't even know if I said them right. Uh, I'm assuming. I don't even know if we pronounce them right. <laughs> I'm assuming the line we're we're thinking about is. Uh, where the worms are talking about the Ammonite and saying they burnt up time and matter and thought on this solipsistic, onanistic pursuit of safety, insulating themselves from death. Yep. Now you're going to have to Google those two words for sure. Like I, I genuinely have, I don't even have a clue as to what either of those words mean. So solipsistic, that's a lot of S's. uh, Yeah. Is the, yeah, is the philosophical idea that only one's mind is sure to exist. Uh, Ooh. So, uh, okay. let's see. Now we got to Google the second word to have context. Solipsism so holds that knowledge of anything outside of one's own mind is unsure. The external world and other minds cannot be known and might not exist outside of one's own mind. So, it sounds like it's kind of the the thought process of the only things that are guaranteed to be real to me are the things that are my internal thoughts. Right. Um, so presumably the Ammonite, if they're being described in this way, were of a mindset that like maybe everything that each individual sees is just a projection from their own brain and doesn't actually exist, uh, which is kind of hard to wrap your head around, but right. That's a, that's a genuinely hard concept. So the, the other word here, (laughs) onanistic, uh, well, that can't be what that means. <laughs> hmm. That scares hmm. me. Maybe we shouldn't just be Googling random things. Maybe we should put context around the Google stuff that we do. Remember, kids, don't Google Rule 34. So, uh, yeah, don't don't be Zor. Um, don't be Zor. Onanistic means a few things. I'm gonna I'm gonna take okay. the more PG-13 of these meanings. Oh, uh, oh God, that really <laughs> did go bad. <laughs> And uh, and say that they are they are saying that uh, they're describing the Ammonites as people stuck in their own heads that are self-congratulatory or self-absorbed, uh, believing themselves to be insulated from death and thus for are not doing anything to contribute to the un- bringing the universe to its its final shape. That that seems like the more. Now you got me curious, and I'm gonna have to go Google this later. That's, I'm I'm a little concerned, but at the same time, I'm it's like it's like Alex, like I just gotta know, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, for for those that are curious, just think of what uh, self gratification could be turned into. Ah, that uh, yes, okay then. Yes. Um. So yeah, that's but yeah. So if you apply if you apply those two thoughts together. Amulet. It's it's the it's the thought of like everything around them isn't necessarily real, and it's it's not real to the point that like they are convinced that their own thoughts are the center of the universe. Yeah. 
That's that to me is what those two words combined in this context would mean. I think that's probably pretty accurate, or at least from the worm's point of view, that's how they they saw these people. Yes. Now, and that's I think that's an important thing to note too is from the worm's point of view, that's how they are that's how they are perceived. That doesn't necessarily mean that the Ammonite themselves are that way. I'd be I'd be curious if the if the Ammonite were actually a different like everything about him yeah. speaks to being Elixni. And it's weird I mean you're hundred percent right. It's weird that the Elixni would not mention, hey, the hive desecrated us once before. You know, that's the whole reason our traveler fled. Like all it says is the darkness closed in and the traveler fled and our golden age ended. Like that's that's all that's I'd say that's probably about ninety percent of the information we have of the Elixney Golden Age and the Elixney homeworld is literally um, it, it, it was called Reese. Oh, oh, oh. It, I may Uh-oh. I may have found a thread that, that connects Uh-oh. this. Um so all this right. is time to time to give it a tug. This is and not more... in like the self gratification kind of tug, but like tug on the thread and let yeah. it not not in the unanistic all loose back. type of tug. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, so this is lore around okay. uh, a figure, and I let me see if I can find a source for this because I'm I'm looking on Destinypedia at the moment. Um, hey, because remember, kids, you can't write entire college papers off of wikipedia no you scroll to the bottom of wikipedia and see what sources they used and then just cite those (laughs) 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 i'm graduated already no one can do anything about it god you god dang right (laughs) okay so there are two pieces of information here all right two two pieces of of lore that i talk about a individual by the name of Chelchis or Kelkis the Kel of Stone Uh, those two pieces clearly a listening those two pieces of information are uh, come from actually Destiny 1 during the Taken King era Uh, the first being the Broken Crown which is a legendary warlock artifact uh, the item description of the Broken Crown states the Elixni songs still tell of Kelkis Kel of Stone, who stood before the Maw. The second piece of uh, the second item that has lore on it is the Doom of Kelkis, which is a legendary scout rifle from the Taken King uh, King's Fall raid. And for anyone that's not where already does, familiar, does, real quick, where does the where does the artifact come from? Is that specifically from King's Fall Raid, or is that just it's part just of the Taken King? it's just part of the Taken just King expansion? A random uh, drop. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know if it was like a, something that was a, uh, a destination specific because I I I'm kind of I'm kind of following you right now on on the path that you're taking with this. So go go ahead with the scout rifle. Yep. So the scout rifle is the Doom of Kelkis, and for anyone that doesn't already know, all of the weapons from the King's Fall Raid are literally made out of uh, previous conquests of Oryx. Yeah, um, and they, they even look that way. Like, they're, they look yes. like they're made of bone and sinew and, and muscle and, yeah. Yep. Uh, so these two pieces um, paint a, a story 
Oh, there's one additional one as well. Let me find it here. Ooh. Bonus content oh, the, for tonight. Uh, there's an item description for the Doom of Kelkis. Uh, so uh, apparently I'm, I'm not seeing the exact wording that they use to draw this conclusion, but they cite the doom of Calchas and, uh, this, this artifact, uh, as their source. So maybe I just need to find a, a different place to view that information. Um, but it states in relation to Reese, the homeworld of the Elixni. The homeworld, their homeworld and civilization were destroyed by an unforeseen event known as the whirlwind when the darkness invaded. Okay. At some point, Oryx struck the Elixni civilization and slew Kelkis of Stone, who made a final stand to allow the other surviving Elixni to escape Reese. Interesting. So, that might imply that the final battle of the of the of the moons of fundament that the yeah that that might imply that the battle that happened during the whirlwind was between the hive and the elixni and this Kelkis kel was the one that you know held off the the invading armies long enough to allow for his people to escape and the flavor text on the Doom of Calchas is just a question. Where is the great machine? Where is the great machine? Uh, which would imply that, like, he's looking for the Traveler and the Traveler has abandoned right. them. Uh, right. Which would, which would totally lead as part of the whole fleeing thing, right? Like, so I'm curious if the whirlwind itself was the... That is the Battle of the Moons of Fundament. Now, the only thing that makes me pause here is that uh now there's also there's also always the chance that like because when do we know when the books of sorrow were actually written like are, are these are these lore cards and, and lore entries that were written in the in the days of destiny one or or the yes or okay yep so, uh this is destiny one during the the Taken King uh, expansion is when these first became available. Okay, so th so we that that is one I I guess, and this this is just a a, a, a proxy issue of video games as, as a whole. Um, nobody really truly knows what video games are going to be successful and what video games are going to fall under. Um, obviously, we we can we, we could probably name a million of them right now that go both ways. But Destiny in the beginning was kind of like an unknown. Like it, it, they weren't. There was there was hope that it was going to be like, and and it's it's funny too that I use the word hope too because like the original song that with Paul McCartney was hope for the future, right? Like that's everything about Destiny was like this hope for this game to be the next great MMO. And granted, I I definitely Did fairly I, well. I feel I I feel like like today. To the current state of Destiny is very, very high right now. Like I, Absolutely. I, I truly believe that that we are we're in a golden age of Destiny. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it I, I for like three. But more in months. the beginning, like right, exactly like whew, weapon crafting. I'm just telling you right now. Depending on how in depth that system is, 
This shit's, this shit's gonna get real. I may lose my um, life to weapon crafting, depending on how. That's what I'm that. saying, man. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, so like, it's a, uh, um, it's it's the the current state of Destiny is in a very very good spot right now. But in the beginning, it it was very much an unknown. And like, even the whole time we're playing the the campaign in the beginning, who the hell was the traveler? What the hell, like, what the hell was the stranger? Like, what what is what is even happening here? Like we're trying to figure stuff out as we're going, but only given like 5% of the clues to figure out a hundred percent of the story. And then like, even as we've gone through things have been kind of like, I don't want to say retcon backwards, but a few things have been like the whole thing with Cade, right? Like his, yeah. his whole thing of it's on Enceladus. We were convinced the entire community was convinced he was talking about the Deep Stone Crypt. We now know that the Deep Stone Crypt is on uh, Europa. Europa. Like when you when you go to the Deep Stone Crypt raid and you go into the raid, the very first doorway you go through that's been pried open by by a set of uh, by the the fallen that have because uh, those are fallen, right? Like those aren't actual. I mean, nuances, right? Elixir are fallen, fallen. Not all not all Elixir are fallen, but all, well, no, I guess they are all fallen because they're. Anyway, um, <laughs> next episode, no. Uh, but the doors are probably open by a piece of fallen equipment, and when you go in, you take a left, or you take a right. There's a whole other side of the facility. Like, there's a whole right side, left side of the facility that we don't even get to go to, and then we go to the orbital station, Morningstar, because the, the orbital station itself is not, isn't even Deep Stone Crypt. That's just Morningstar, the, the, a, a, I, I think of I think of the the orbital station as like a subsect of the deep stone crypt like it's like like a, a branch of yeah. um but I I also think of like maybe the deep stone crypt is like all of the facilities on cuz like we even talked about how the the server rooms over when you when you go to uh um uh to fight the the techno rat um <laughs> cuz that's totally his name <laughs> uh, Close they, there's all those server rooms, and those are absolutely and and there was even a dialogue that I had there when I went there once that that you know somewhere in here would be Cade's memories, but it wouldn't be our Cade. And so even so, Ghost even comes back and says, "Rest in peace, little buddy," which is what Cade always referred to to the ghost as, right? So that it it's it's interesting to me how much of the how much information of Destiny gets like. Obviously, there are fans like us that are the big lore nerds that get super invested in this and are like, I want to know everything of everything. Like, knowledge and curiosity is just driving us forward to, you know, I want to be able to tell these stories as the legendary stories of, of Destiny. Like, and and to have to have it fed to us in bits and pieces or even in, in, in a very puzzleistic nature, it's it's hard to get a full picture of the whole thing. And that's... But I think that's also a... a a um, a caveat of nonlinear storytelling. Uh, yeah. You 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 can't have the whole story in a nonlinear storytelling mode. Like that's just by nature of it. You're you're going to constantly be skipping around and constantly jumping forward and backwards and and sideways and left and right and up down to try to find to try to get the the important pieces together. And that's that's where like having the grimoire books, having the, the this books of sorrow, and us trying to us literally going, you know, verse to verse to verse to verse to verse, and and coming up with a timeline and coming up with with tangible uh, uh, ideas here, and 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 to put them all together in a single spot, to 
create a linear storytelling out of a nonlinear story told thing. Uh, and 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 then then there's also the other side of it, right? Like maybe maybe Cade wasn't even referencing uh, the Deepstone Crypt when he said it was on Enceladus. Like we right. haven't gone to Enceladus. We don't know what's out there. Like like so then so then there's that portion of it, right? So with all these books of sorrows being written this way, we I don't I don't know that during the Taken King we knew that we were going to have Europa and that we were going to meet we were going to go to to Reese Reborn. Like we didn't know that we were going to have Mithrax as a as a as an entity, like Mithrax didn't even exist at that point in time in, in our, in our understanding of the destiny universe at the time of the taken King, because they, they were just fallen, like all fallen are bad. And now we're starting to kind of have more of an epiphany moment. Like, Hey, not all fallen are fallen. There are the Elixni that are, they, they still want to be friendly. They want to be nice, but they've been shit on their whole lives and looked down on and, and, hunted to extinction type thing like it it it's interesting to me to see that and and then to try to figure out where are these stories lining up and and then to and then to think of it as the idea of like the ammonite every, everything about the ammonite like even the names of their generals and captains and all this stuff everything about them leads me to believe that they are the krill or they sorry they are the uh the elixni and that the whirlwind itself was the battle of the krill and or the the hive and the elixni it seems very very like the the only thing the only two things that are evidence to the contrary as far as i'm concerned are the like i said the just the pure omission from every single fallen or elixni we've ever met about like yeah the lack of information yeah, like I would think the lack of referencing. I would think somebody at some point would be like, "Yeah, man, we've fought the hive. They're bad news." Yeah, you know, or um, or not even that of like, "Hey, we're fighting the hive. We're fighting these creatures again. These guys look really familiar, and they look just like a bunch of guys that we fought during the whirlwind." Right. Because you know maybe during the whirlwind they never they, they neither side because the, the fact that the hive are not referring to the elixir or the or the or the fallen as the elixir or the fallen they are referring to them as the cephalopods right or the, the ammonite the, the ammonite right they don't directly call them elixir or fallen and vice versa like the fallen at least anytime they reference the whirlwind they are not directly calling the hive the hive so i'm curious if the hive are even hive right now in this point in time in the storytelling I mean, probably not in the same way that we know them as. Uh, so that would be and, my and guess. that could be that could be another that could be another thought of it too, right? Like, what if we're just halfway through an evolutionary step in two different species? Like, what what if the and and again, the whole what if thing is a dangerous path to go down. <laughs> but for lack of a better term, what if the fallen were the ammonite? And they evolved into the the elixir. And what if the hive? Because we don't know how long this whirlwind lasted. We That's don't know true. how long their golden age lasted. We don't well, know how long the battle of fun, the battles of fundament lasted. No, we don't have a, an exact timeline, right? But we do know that some of the elixir we know today were there. Were there? Ar That's, Aramis was there. Varix was there. We also there. don't know how long elixir was there. Lived. No, we don't. Um, clearly, a, a long time. Uh, I mean, if they had a golden age, the only golden age that we have any type of reference to is our own. And in that specific golden age, we referenced 300 years 
is the, is the average lifespan of a human now. Yeah, but we also so, don't breathe ether. So uh, that's, I mean, that's literally the other half of it, right? Like that's, now if, these, these are a physiologically different species that, I mean, like they, they I, we don't even know if they have like a heart, you know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. internal organs, are they even, they, do, we, do they have the equivalent of a heart and a nervous system and a, and a, and a, you know, muscle systems, dig- like, they, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's, it's interesting to me to think of that, like how they are so alien to us that, I mean, we, 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 we really don't, as much as, as much interaction as we had with the Elixni and the Cabal over the last couple of seasons, we still, we still know very little about them. Oh yeah. Uh, and I think it's also worth noting if we're going to follow the same kind of thread here, uh, the worms do describe the ammonite as immortal. Um, they've say, they say they've insulated themselves from death, making a regressive pocket of useless stability. Uh, rented. Maybe they are. Maybe the ether, maybe there's something about the ether that with a reaction with the ether and the light or something. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's so little known about them. Presumably, there there was a way, you know. I I think yeah. the Elixni are either extremely long lived, or are are immortal. Uh, yeah. By you know from from at least non external means. Um, and if and if we're going off of the idea that they are an insect like race, which I I fully. I maybe not fully believe that. Like I, I, I think that they are an insect like race, um, just by nature of the, the clicks that they make and the, and the having multiple sets of eyes and multiple sets of arms and, and, and that, yeah. um, you know, the way they speak and everything to draw like a, a very generalistic, uh, comparison. Uh, we always, we always make the joke that, uh, the, the only thing to survive a nuclear holocaust or nuclear apocalypse is roaches. Yeah. So, I mean, like that's, that to me is an interesting comparison there that like, okay, well, if they are insect like, maybe they, maybe they are immortal. Maybe they really can't. But we also know that roaches themselves don't live very long. Right. That's, that's where it's like, are the krill, were, were the krill partial, because uh, we have we have no description of what the krill even look like, right? Um, I don't believe so. Uh, all we had, because I think all we had was those pictures in yeah, the in the grimoire book. Yeah, we had we had the the concept art from the grimoire book, and they, if we're basing things off the concept art, they don't appear all that different from the hive as we know them. Much less armored, I would say, in appearance. Right. Um, but they still have the three Very eyes. Fleshy. They still have the same kind of profile. Um, but yeah, we now, would I that don't be think considered we ever insect-like? get a good text description. And the only reason why I ask if that would be insect-like is because obviously, Savathun, Savathun and moths and her whole thing with moths and and well, you and know, transformation and I mean, I don't know which, that we need to quantify them by you know comparisons that that are earthly like they just they okay, are a thing a, outside of what we could you know have a, a thing to compare them to i like that i like that idea 
I, I really do. That definitely, yes. I like that. It, it kind of goes into the same realm for me as, um, you know, the, I don't want to say the assumption, but a lot of people have in their head an idea of like, if someone were, were to tell you, you know, what do you think about when you think about like aliens coming to, to earth, whether or not you believe it's a possibility. The first thing that usually enters your head is like little, little gray men or, uh, you know, something that you've seen from a movie. It's always usually very humanoid in appearance. And, and even if it's not humanoid in the way that say like alien was humanoid, it's still bipedal. still has two legs, right. two arms, you know, a face, a mouth, very, similar characteristics to how we see pretty much everything on earth you know usually has usually four limbs sometimes more there's a mouth of some sort eyes of some sort you know truly a truly alien race truly alien race may not have need of any of those appendages legs like that okay that all right we're hitting the mind blowing portion. <laughs> so to you know, I would say to to try and quantify the rules of the physiology of an alien race by things that are terrestrial um, may prove useful in trying to wrap your head around like how how they understand it of how understanding how they work at a very very basic level. But I don't think we can draw conclusions about their physiology based on our creatures because the, it just there there's no reason that they would be anywhere near the same. That that thought, and and it makes perfect logical sense. Like there's literally no reason for them to to even look or think or act or or be anything close to something that we've seen in a in a uh, in an earth based. Ideologically, or yeah, in, in an Earth-based uh, system, because they are not from Earth; they are from a totally another system. A totally like, obviously, Fundament isn't in the soul. It, they're not even the same system, right? Like, right. The soul system is is its own system, and then there's the system that wherever Fundament is, and possibly could be in another galaxy, right? Like, I think we we talked about that too. That it that fundament and Reese and all that stuff could have possibly been in another galaxy. Like it, mm-hmm. there's no reason for them to, there, there's no reason for us to make that assumption that they have the same evolutionary, um, characteristics that everything right. on, on, on earth does. Everything on earth has those characteristics because that is how the evolutionary line has, has led it, you know, two eyes, or two sets of eyes, or two eye, you know, left, left and right side, um, mouth, arms, legs, ears, like it, nose, like it, it's that's very much how everything on Earth has evolved toward. Now, again, we say that, but then we look at at plants, right? Like plants are the hardest thing to quantify as a living thing, and not to quantify as a living thing because obviously, like plants are a living thing. Uh, but they don't have a mouth. They don't have arms. They don't have legs. It, like we call them the arms right. of the trees because we don't have any other name for them. Like what if, what if we were able to talk to trees and the trees are like, Hey, that's not my arm. That's actually my fashingish. And we're just like, what the hell is a fashingish? And they're just like, that's my 
thing that grows out of my central trunk area. Yeah. Like just the, the, the self awareness of like, like you said, they, they, what we would consider one thing, they might consider something completely different. It might serve a completely different purpose than what we assume it would. Uh, right. So yeah, that this, this is very, very in the weeds at this point. Uh, Dude, we're getting we're getting <laughs> philosophical here. Like we're getting we, you. We talked about these three sections being deep. Um, these are deep, man. It is. Uh, do we want to do a little bit of reading from verse three and say? It, I think so. I my my first thought is you know we're at the hour and a half mark. We usually push it to two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also try to try to contain them within themselves. But I, I think we got time to kind of dive a little bit into b- verse three. Yeah, and the maybe maybe, maybe cut the series down to ten ten episodes rather than twenty. Yeah, maybe uh, <laughs> verse three. That's, that's wishful thinking. The the two the first two are fairly light. Um, and then let's, let's see if we can get through the first two tonight. Then yeah. So this is verse three zero, just entitled "Hive." Let us speak of the terrible beauty. Of becoming ourselves in the beginning we rode hollow moons from star to star Auric said become as numerous and fertile as seeds in rich flesh and thus we did become numerous Sivu Arath said become as hungry and defiant as tumors in rich flesh and thus we became cancerous Savathun said, drink of the poisons of the worms that you might feed on death. And we did feed. This was preparation for our crusade. Ayah, we were thus becoming. A mother wizard gets fertility from a mate or from herself. From the wizard, the spawn, from the spawn, our thrall. From the survivors, our acolytes who contend. If they contend well, their worm is fed, and from the well-fed worm come knights and wizards and princes. This is us, and our purpose is liberation. Our great task is the worship and admiration of freedom. Our great hunger is to pursue and eat that which is not free, and to liberate it with devouring. Ayat, this is us, we the hive. So, so that, I, that to me just confirms it. Like they were not hive until that point, and the fact that they saw, they talk about riding the galaxy in in the in the husks of moons, I I think they're ancient. Like I oh, not, absolutely. not just think I have one like they are a hundred percent ancient, and I I think the whirlwind was the was the was the battle of fundament. I'm I'm not ready to like hundred percent. Be on board with that, but I'm I'm right. like eighty five percent of the way 80, there. I was trying to say let's eighty five percent it. Yeah, let's eighty five percent that one, and we'll we'll say that that is eighty five percent sure that the whirlwind is the whirlwind and the collapse of the fallen was the battle of whatever the krill were between being krill and becoming hive because clearly there was a a mid state there right like it wasn't yeah. like overnight they became the hive. Yep, because they still ne- they, the the fact that verse three is the first time they even mention the word hive. Yeah, and they, I think th- this is this is the krill people um it, it's kind of interesting cuz this is this verse is narrated almost by the krill as a society or the krill as a people or the hive as a people. Sure. Um 
because they're they're saying you know in the beginning we rode for moves uh Auric said become as numerous and fertile uh Zivura said become hungry Savathun said drink of the poisons of the worm except worms into you um and then it, it gives a little bit about kind of how the hierarchy of being a hive works so yep uh, a wizard uh has spawn those spawn are thrall whatever thrall survive to adulthood are acolytes the acolytes have the ability to uh to contend which i think means to to challenge uh challenge things that are not free in their words um and the more things a wizard is able to kill it feeds its worm and that will eventually allow it to turn into a knight or a wizard or a prince um and and you know that's that's kind of how hive become different versions of hive uh so everything started as a thrall uh that came from a wizard and every knight that you fight used to be an acolyte that has just killed enough things to evolve into a knight to to choose to evolve into a knight i think similar to uh savathun and and aurix and uh, or arash yeah. at the time and, and yeah. whatnot they had the choice and, of like what and, do you want to be okay so that's an interesting thought there too that they that is that option of choice right like there the fact that there is a choice of evolution there albeit a, a very odd choice but the fact that there is a choice there whereas everything about the light ha- it's no free will well and i don't know if it's no free will it's very it's little static okay uh where it, and i don't even know if this is is truly because this is almost an opposite uh in some ways right. like we see the the darkness as cutting away everything other than that that one final existence and we see the light as uh as allowing life to bloom and allowing for um the continuation of life and i i think the nuance here is that for the darkness finding that final shape that final perfect existence that usurps all other existence is a matter of evolution of something becoming that final shape that final existence whereas yeah with the light and we saw this a little bit with the uh the lore card referencing the world of pure light in the light nothing dies but nothing changes either a a guardian's never going to evolve into a higher form of being they they may grow as far as uh better understand the light that is inside of them and that they have access to uh and stasis now or or you know whatever other dark abilities come about but um but nothing about the light is forcing an evolution of them uh so it's i mean that's yeah things you know it's almost like the darkness is about changing and the light is about you know static about staying the same about immortality the the lack of change be it good or bad so 
Um, but yeah, so yeah, this seems to be the, the point at which they're referring to themselves as the hive. Yep. Uh, and actually the next couple of verses are in this, the same narration perspective where it's the, um, the people, the hive talking about, uh, what their, their gods have essentially done for them. Um, so the next one, verse three, one is titled an incision. Saith Arix, my siblings, our children are scattered across many moons, and we live in the cold dark between suns. What will we eat? How will we speak? Savathun said, Arix, my brother and king, I have studied the wounds cut by the worm, our god. Also, I have studied the manner of your death and return. These two things are the same for they are predicted on death and the passage through cut spaces, are predicated on death and the passage through cut spaces. Let us practice the sword logic until we are sharp. We may then cut our own wounds and step through. But Shivu Arath said, Sister, I am already sharp. Look, my sword cuts into another space. And she cut her way between moons through green fire and joyous screams. Three kingdoms grew swollen in the sword space. They were the gaze and glory of Aurix, and the cunning and knowledge of Sabathun, and the triumph and brawn of Shivu Arath. These kingdoms were created from mines and worms of our lords. They were countermenus with all spaces <laughs> consecrated by our hive. Through these spaces passed speech and food, and all the moons were bound close. Saith Aurix, this is where I went when I died. Let us establish our thrones here, for I am Aurix, the first navigator, and I shall chart death, and my throne shall be carved of osmium. I struggle. I, I don't want to say struggle. Um, well, first I don't. Off, we have to Google the word. Yeah, yeah. First off, we have to Google the word. I don't know how reliable these verses are, because right. this seems to be the perspective of a. To, to put this in religious terms, it's of a congregation writing stories about miracles their saviors have performed. Hundred percent. This is this and that. And it, I'll be the one to say it because I, I, everyone knows that I am not a very religious person, but when I, when I look at religion, it's, it's hard for me to take it at face value because I don't have any type of, of direct evidence supporting any one way or another. And, and a lot of the, like, even as, I hesitate to use any specific literature, but I'm going to use the Bible as an example. Uh, but even the stories from the Bible are exactly that. They are stories. They are, they are some, some form of narrative that was handed down from generation to generation to generation until they were finally written down. And just like any story in the world, every, every time it's told and retold, it gets another spin on it and it gets another point of view added to it. And it's, you know, another line of thinking added to it. And so it's, it's, it's hard to, 
I, I think you're right. It's hard to look at, at these these next few verses since they are kind of being written and read and told from the perspective of the hive that are, you know, it, it, at, at some point in time, they were not hive and they had some sort of connection with the worms and they had some sort of drive or whatever. And now it is becoming a, a now it is becoming more religious than it, than it ever was before. Like it's, it's, it's definitely evolving into a level of this, you know, look at me, cut this, cut this reality with the, with green magic, you know, poof, there it is. Um, so yeah, it's, it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say a good example of this, uh, is that, um, it's, it's heavily believed and heavily implied that at the, I shouldn't say heavily believed it. There's a lot of evidence to support cause I'm going to walk the tight rope here. Um, <laughs> like I said, we're getting into dangerous categories here. <laughs> there's a lot of evidence to support that at the very least, the new Testament of the Bible as most people know it, uh, was assembled via uh, the Council of Nicaea in the year 325 CE, uh, which would have been after the death of Christ. Uh, and it, it was a council that had all of these different stories back in ancient Greece um, that, you know, it, it, to hear people tell it today this group of of people on this council were guided by the hands of of faith to know which stories were true and needed to be included and which ones were not um that's why you have uh things like the the i think it's the dead sea scrolls um and whatnot that are pieces of testament that did not actually make it into the writing of the the bible as as it's commonly known now Right. Um, so all that is to say, for like anyone who wants a really good set of reads, the, the Dead Sea Scrolls are, yeah, yeah. Uh, all that is to say that, like, it is very uh, possible if we are to take that same mindset from our own uh, comparison to what appears to be a budding religion within the hive. Uh, sure. It is very possible, I would say reasonable, that they're going to tell stories of their their uh, figures of worship that paint them in a powerful light, that paint them in a light that shows them enacting things that uh, have saved their people. And would likely ignore any stories or, or any reports of shortcomings uh, sure. because it doesn't fit into the narrative of like these, these are our holy divinity. It, it doesn't, it do, I was going to say, it doesn't, it doesn't personify them. It doesn't, any, anything that has a negative spin on a high ranked anything, whether it be a, high-ranked general in an army or a high-ranked professor at a university or in this case a high-ranked religious figure in a in religion um any type of negative spin that any type of negative connotations even that come anywhere near to that person are almost like bing 
shielded away and 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 can't be touched like they can't be touched by those because then that would sully the idea of of a pure idea right like mm -hmm. like a uh, yeah yeah pure pure idea is 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 the closest i can come to describe that yeah so to to relate all of this back to the verse we just read this this verse three one i uh, what it sounds like they're essentially saying is that they were the the hive people were beginning to starve uh, as they were traveling on these these moons uh, that they yep. used as their their spaceships essentially because they had nothing else, um, and the way that they that that Savathun and Arix and Sivurath fixed this starvation issue was to figure out how to travel through the ascendant plane uh to uh, essentially how to use the ascendant plane as a roadway to other locations and sure. they would go to those other locations pillage them for their resources and then use those resources to sustain the hive uh literally to the point of where like it was destroying the plant like whatever where, wherever they went to I, I think became as barren and lifeless as the the one moon described in the previous verse. That it yeah. was literally just they literally used up resources to where there was nothing left. I mean, they they described Shivu Arath as she cut her way between moons through green fire and joyous screams. Uh, like she's she's waging war or or a slaughter more likely on yep. whatever you know area they're able to travel to through the ascendant plane um and that's you know that's how they're getting the resources essentially yep. uh and this appears to be where uh Oryx decides um to establish their throne world so that if we take this at face value that would suggest that the throne worlds are literally in the ascendant plane, that they are pieces of the ascendant plane that that's, uh, that's the sisters are, back to. are like willing into a form uh, that they, they desire. And, uh, and I'm, I'm still curious if, if they're, I, I still think that they're kind of like that in between, right? Like they're, they're not fully ascendant realm, but they're not fully, material plane there there's somewhere in between and and it's interesting that i that i think of it that way too because of the analogy that um uh, petra uses this season when she talks about how to get from our realm to the ascendant realm and it's a stack of coins right yes mm -hmm. and you're starting at you're starting at one side and you're working through each layer of coin Till you get to the final layer and at that bottom layer now you're on the other side now you're in the ascendant plane now you're or the ascendant realm or whatever you want to call it so i'm curious if those throne worlds are are literally somewhere in that stack of coins yeah that would make a lot of sense um maybe they're they're in the stack and they're closer to uh to our you know, maybe the ascendant, the ascendant realm, the ascendant plane as we know it. Um, and I forget her exact analogy if she used like three coins or, uh, or if she didn't specify. Um, I don't know that she specified. I, I remember it being being a stack. Of yeah, coins. a stack of coins, and we're we're on you know the surface level, 
and as you you know the as you go through different planes they're on different levels of existence uh and i i saw that analogy also as a way that we could maybe apply it to the uh the sky and the deep whereas if if we're you know let's say let's say it's a stack of uh let's make it very basic let's say it's a stack of five coins the middle coin the the middlemost coin is our plane the one immediately below it is the ascendant realm the one at the bottom of the stack is the deep the place okay the one immediately at the top of the stack is the sky the place and the one between the middle our plane and the sky is a realm we haven't explored yet is is the light version of the ascendant plane i was going to say would be the light version of the ascendant plane because because when we look at the ascendant plane it is dark it is void it is nothing like it is very much a well void so let me i'm gonna i'm play devil ad devil's advocate for my own example now uh all right (laughs) Let's so if we I do like that example. I do I do like the idea of it being like a five coin stack and we're in the middle and as we work up we we come closer and closer to the lights the lights the light the place the sky. Yep. And as we go further down we go to the deep the place the darkness the void the emptiness. So let's perhaps take a slightly different approach to this. Um, as a, this is, God, if you revise your own idea with a better I'm, idea, I'm revising my own idea. I don't know if it's better or not. Uh, Damn. <laughs> so I, I, part of me likes the idea of there being another plane, uh, like an opposite of the ascendant realm, uh, that's closer I to the light like because be. that would be a cool place to explore. Uh, I, I, I personally feel like there has to be because of the equilibrium that is always in every single aspect of destiny that we see. Where there's light, there's dark. Where there's mm-hmm. equal, there's opposite. Like they, everything about this has a has an equilibrium to it. So if there's an ascendant plane that is very close to dark, uh, there's got to be a unascendant plane that is very close to light. So here's what the would be crazy here's if the, they called it the descendant plane. The descendant plane. Yeah. Here's the alternate theory that maybe makes more sense to me at least. Uh, now that I'm like talking this out and, and actually saying things out loud. So let's take the, the coins again. But okay. it's only a stack of three this time. The middle okay. is, is our plane. The very top coin is the sky, the place. And the very bottom coin is the deep, the place. That has not changed. Okay. Now, let's cover that middle coin in tinfoil. Okay. And the tinfoil is the ascendant plane. So it's not necessarily a layer that separates a particular, uh, you know, that separates the deep from us. It's a layer that separates us from anything immediately adjacent to us. And the only reason that I I think that might hold some water is that, you know, A, we we have not heard of anything uh, opposite of the ascendant plane. And the ascendant plane, while being very dark, is very monochrome. It contains lots of dark, but it also contains plenty of light in its color palette. Plenty of like white colors, I suppose, or washed out colors in its color palette. Shit, that is a better. That is a damn it. So I like that idea a lot better. 
Especially when I, when I, when you think of the tinfoil as like, shit, damn it. So the, the ascendant plane might be the barrier between either of these other realms. Um, why do you, why do you get all the smart ideas? <laughs> I mean, I like, I like that though. I really do. I, I like that idea that if we're looking at it as a stack of coins with, with the middle coin being our plane and, and then there being something there like surrounding our plane, keeping it whole, keeping it to itself. And then that barrier being between our plane and the two places, the sky and the deep, because you're right. Like as much as I think of the, the ascendant plane as being a dark place, there's always some bright thing in it, right? Like there's, there's a blight in it a lot of times. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes the, the light is emanating from the blight, which is kind of weird to think of too. That the fact that blights are typically associated with the darkness and dark and black. And, but then, uh, there's plenty of times where we've gone to the ascendant plane and there's like a single source of light. There's like a little pinprick of light, kind of like the way Mara saw, mm-hmm. right? Like in the, in the, in her, when she was on the, on the, on the hull of the Exodus green and there, it's all black around her and this single little pinpoint of light. And boop. so it's, it's, I, I like that second idea even more than I like the first idea. Yeah. And it's one of those things where the more I think about it, the ascendant plane I don't believe is inherently one way or the other. I think I, you're right. I think it's just that the ascendant plane has been traveled by the hive and presumably by proxy, the taken for so long that, well, I mean the plane itself might not be corrupted, but if it's inhabiting, you know, if it's main inhabitants are the hive and the taken just because they've been here for millions of years, sure. then you know, our viewpoint of it is going to be like, oh, that's where that's a bad place. It's where the hive and the taken live. But ah, okay, yeah. In in the same way that like when you go to a city and that city has a high crime rate, it doesn't mean the buildings are dangerous per se. It, it has a reputation due to the people that are there, uh, and it sure. might be a similar situation where our interactions with the ascendant plane have always been in relation to the hive or the taken. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they are inherently of that place. Okay, so let's put another spin on it. The Hive are very much a, at, at least at, at this point in time in their storytelling, cancerous. They are very much... They describe themselves as such, yeah. Right, like they consume they, they everything around. What if they have consumed everything in the Ascendant Plane, and that's the way the Ascendant Plane looks now because of that? Totally possible. We've never seen the Ascendant Plane pre-Hive interaction. Uh, you know. So I mean, that's I I think that's a I think that's another idea that could be thrown out there too, um, albeit not nearly as cool as yours. But I I I think I think there's some some placement for that idea. Yeah. No, I just, absolutely. I just want my ideas name tag to be participant. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think that's that's perfectly fair. Like if if we if we operate under the assumption that the the hive and uh you know Arix and and his sisters have had access to and the ability to manipulate the ascendant plane to the point of making themselves their own little pocket dimensions within it to store their souls i don't think it's beyond the realm of reason that 
the millennia that they have had free reign of that place that they could have had a very dramatic effect on most, if not all of it. Yeah. So, but on that note, I think this may be a good spot to, I think, uh, I think so too. I I have one last, one last thing that I want to touch on Mm -hmm. uh, that I missed at the end of, of, of the first verse of, of verse three or the first subsect of verse three. And that was the word ayat. Yes. That, that word is a very important word. Yes. Um, so actually two words are, are said in here. Um, we have, and I'm going to try and find it here. Uh, let me, let me read through. So we have the word, uh, ayat, a I A T which if I understand um, correctly is something along the lines of uh, thus I proclaim or, um, or, you know, they're, they're saying this is that this is truth, that, that this is, uh, you know, undisputable. I think, I think it's more than just, they're saying it's undisputable truth. I think that it, that it is implying that it has been willed that way. Like it's, that would it's, be an interesting it's, thought. It's, I think it's. I think ayat is. Uh, ayat is typically used in like the whenever we see it in hive writing is like a so, kind of like kind of like the the um, uh, uh, the Ten Commandments uh, um, movie uh, where the 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 um, Egyptian pharaoh is like so let it be written so let it be done. I think that that I think that it's more than just that, and it's. It's it's literally willing that thing that is that it is said as the truth as the as the existence whatever I I I really don't have words to describe this other than so, willing it to be the truth. So here's here's a fun fact. Um, and you, I I get what you're going with that, but seeing it in this context, I don't know if that's exactly what's happening. So to to read the full passage where it is included. Uh, it says, this is us, and our great purpose is liberation. Our great task is the worship and admiration of freedom. Our great hunger is to pursue and eat that which is not free, and to liberate it with devouring. Ayat. Uh, so I, I... Maybe it's maybe it's more like, like, amen, right? Like, maybe it's more of a... Maybe so. Um, and that, that might be... That that could very well be just kind of the, like the uh, a prayer, an exclamation of prayer, or something like that. Uh, ayat is not a hive word; it's an English word. Uh, okay. Specifically, a Latin word, I should say. Um, Aha. And when translated to English, uh, its literal translation from Latin is, uh, "May he, she, or it." say and may he she or it affirm um so let it be written so let it be done damn uh, it kind of damn yeah. it damn it <laughs> which still feeds into the whole like this this could it's be religious. them yeah this could be them this proclaiming the... you know this is the will of the worms this is yeah. let, it, let it be done let us do this yeah uh, so yeah amen yep 
praise praise worms yeah no this i yeah you're not wrong i think that's i mean the fact that that is a literal translate like that is so let it be written so let it be done that's that's yeah mm-hmm. no i think i think that's that that's it right on the nose well poopies <laughs> not necessarily poopies in a bad way but like I was really hoping it was more more deeper than that, but it's like everything about this is coming down to looking at at the hive as a religion of the darkness. Like, well, and, and, and I, I, I say as a religion of the darkness. Obviously, the hive are a people, but it, it's 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 looking at that people as the entirety of the people have the same following of religion. Like it's we when we look at when we look at cabal, right? Like. There was there was the the line of cabal that was like Emperor Callus is 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 great and good and he is the end of all, and then there's obviously subsects that are like no, I mean yeah. the, the whole Red Legion in Gaul was like no, no, this is not how this is supposed to happen, and yeah. then then you have uh, his sister or his his daughter Keitel where it's like hey you know yeah we can stick to tra- tradition and there's nothing wrong with tradition but hey maybe it's not been working so well for us. Maybe, maybe there's a bigger, a, a, a greater whole, a greater purpose that we're serving here, over just conquering and destroying everything around us. And and then there's then you look at the the Elixni too, where it's they're very much before the if if we were to believe that the uh, that the um, creatures that were attacked and 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 chased off around Fundament were the the Elixni, then they're very much ha- they very much had this idea of like peacefulness, serenity of, you mm-hmm. know, I my thoughts are my thoughts are my thoughts, and I exist because of my thoughts, and 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 it, now it's less of that, and it's more of like a hey, we've been persecuted to the ends of the ends of the universe, the ends of the universe just so happen to be Earth for us, yeah, and we could just use a hand here, like we just want to keep living, we don't care to fight anymore, like it it it's. But then the hive, there's never a, a, or at least I can't think of one. There's never a, a time of, of of a single hive or even a group of hive coming off and going, oh shit, we're doing bad things. Maybe we need to cut down on the whole worm feeding thing. And well, they can't, because if if right. they don't, they're just committing suicide. They are literally committing suicide. And the first, the first, oh man, I just had a mind fuck thing just now uh the first hive that has actively done that exact thing is sabathun yes she is actively She's trying to get rid of her worm that is getting that is trying to get rid of her worm and it oh man sabathun may not be a bad guy i don't know that sabathun is i don't think we can call sabathun good or evil you know but I think she is very self-serving and what seems apparent, at least at the moment, is that her serving her own interests are not in our interest. Or are they? Well, we don't, we won't know to which queen, but right. all of the information we have been given suggests that we will be on opposing ends of whatever her plan is. I don't think that we will be. I I I don't know. Maybe not. I, they, this is making me question everything. They I, they like, could go full MCU on it and make the trailers look like it's one thing, and then when you go see the movie, you're like, wait a minute, 
they edited like, people the out of that here? scene. Yeah. <laughs> that guy wasn't there. What the hell? Uh, yeah. I, I, honestly, that would be super cool. And I would love it if that's what happens. Um, I'm I, not expecting I think, I think that to be what happens. I, I am. I am. See, now that's where we get into dangerous territory. Anytime you create any type of expectation and right. then that expectation isn't met, you, you come into dangerous territory, don't, right? Like that's Don't like set the, yourself up for disappointment. Uh, exactly. The, so I, I think I will take the same road as you then. I, I will be excited if that is how it goes, but I, I am not expecting Savathun to be on our side. Yeah. I, I think that there is a lot... I think as far as this season, for sure, there's a lot of talks that we've had with her that are really making everyone question everything they've ever thought before mm-hmm. about the light and the dark and the, and the hive and the guardians and, and even Mara and the awoken people. And, and you know, cause who's who to say Mara's whole story is, is a hundred percent true, right? Like, yeah, th- there could be omissions there. There could be fault, like her whole the the entire idea of the of the distributary was created on a lie, you know. Mm-hmm. So like it it yeah. it's interesting to me to think that way that 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 we are now being presented with this idea that the truth that we have been talked talking about and the truth that we have been fed and 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 adhere to pretty much is possibly not the entirety of the truth, right? Like. It, it's only the truth that we've been told from the side that wants to tell us the positive side of, or, or not even the positive side, what they believe is the positive side of the truth. No, I would say, you know, theorize as much as you'd like, because I will, but uh, I, I've, I've heard the phrase before, and I think it rings true here. The thief of joy is expectation. Uh, so Dude, that is just the most... keep it in check. And try Holy not to disappoint shit. yourself. That's oh, oh man. <laughs> I like that one too. I'm keeping that one. Yeah, I, I, I that's obviously going in my little it black made book. enough of an impact that I remembered it. So um, that's that's going in my little black book right next to Susie from my first Halloween party. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to know the contents of the rest of that little black book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. Uh, uh, jokes on you. Her name was Sarah. Uh, <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> I think I think we end it here before things get worse. <laughs> <laughs> they never get worse. They only go sideways. Um, yeah. No. I I think this is a, I think this is a good spot to end it because that's like yeah. It, these, these, we are now officially into this set of like the first two verses were very much like this is this is how the hive came to be, like, yeah. and now we are we are officially in the realm of hive. We have learned how you know knights become knights and thralls and acolytes mm-hmm. and wizards and like we're fully fully hive now. And and I think this is a good a good way to uh, a good way to start the next one. Yeah. And I, uh, I think it's worth noting we started this book from the perspective of the sisters talking, like writing letters to each other. And then it turned into the hive worm or the, the worm gods talking to the sisters and describing what's going on. Um, and now we are into the hive, the people 
describing their interpretation with you know religious fervor um and so these are these are very different perspectives of events that are happening uh and so you know it's it's just one of those things to keep in mind that we're we're reading the like we said before what what we're reading here is very much an interpretation by the author you know the fictional author of these passages and we have to keep their mindset uh in in our mind as we you know kind of digest that yeah so well uh with that then i'll uh, i'll start our thank yous um uh, the first thank you is to uh, the Bungie writers because holy crap, to have to write a perspective from a, a book from a perspective, <laughs> yeah. of a fake perspective that is then retranslated from a different perspective. The level of understanding they have of of not just just even our Earth history in general because obviously that's the only history we have to kind of go off of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean the religious history there's so many parallels we're able to to draw here that's like there's there's a very high understanding of of religious history uh amongst their writers and fuck yeah dude i yay them yeah i I appreciate you um uh my next thank you goes to uh I'm, i'm debating who to give this one to this is a this is this is a hard one uh I, I want to give it to the Leviathan because he's dead. Uh, <laughs> a, a pity thank you. <laughs> it's not really a pity thank you. Like, and, like as soon as I say it's a pity thank you, then it becomes a pity thank you. But no, I like thank you for not directly choosing a side in the beginning. Like, with if he had chosen a side in the beginning, if 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 the Leviathan had said, "Hey, light, good, dark, bad," and the sisters showed up, boom, sisters would have been dead. We would have had no Sabbath, and we would have had no. So it, it it's it's funny like the the things that like, and I I think about this all the time like like what in life led me to this point in time in my life right like, you know why why did I even pick up playing Destiny why did I ever you know how did I end up in Iowa type thing like this the, the, the all those ideas of like you know what can you boil your life down to a single choice to a single point in time and say that that was the thing that was the thing that changed everything or that was the thing that led me down this path or whatever. I think that's a that's an interesting an interesting thought um, in in of itself. Uh, so yeah, so thank you, Leviathan, for not just saying, "Hey, don't do that," um, and just being, "Hey, here's the facts," and walk away. Um, thank you, Christmas, because you are almost here, <laughs> and I hope I, I this this is gonna make me sound like a petty little child, but I am going to say it anyway. I hope I get tons of Warhammer stuff because I have been totally into Warhammer the last couple of weeks, uh, and I blame Gloomhaven because of that. Uh, so thank you, Gloomhaven. Thank you, Isaac Childress. Thank you, Warhammer. Now, if any one of you three, because Isaac Childress created Gloomhaven, so mm. that's kind of like one of two. So we'll say if any of the 2.5 of you want to help sponsor us, I will not say no to that. Uh, thank you, sponsorships, uh, of which we have none. So, uh, so I just wants minis for free. I just want money for free. That's all I want. I, I don't even want money. You're right. I just want minis. I don't yep. even want money. I just, I just, I just want minis. I just want free armies to paint. Um, and of course, uh, uh, thank you alpha for, our, for the intro there. Um, uh, our, our official producer, uh, has hockey on Monday nights now. Uh, so he, unfortunately he, I don't know how often he'll be able to join us. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so we, we Alpha, I think, is going to be our primary uh, introducer now. Uh, and then, of course, thank you to Myth uh, for helping put all this stuff together, for, for going through all this lore with me, for setting up the whole Podbean thing and, and having us out there on Podbean and just continually keeping these episodes going and, and to, to have all of our episodes up now. Like, we're all, I think it's all but two episodes are up or something like that. Or, like, so I'm, I think all I'm, but three, maybe. But I mean, I'm freaking stoked. Something like that. And, and the fact that we're probably going to end up redoing those three. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm, I'm stoked, man. This, yeah. this is, this has been a, this has been a fantastic year so far for us. Uh, yeah, there's only three weeks left in it, I think. Something three like that. Three or four weeks left yep. in this year. Yep. Uh, yeah. Mitch, you got anything? Uh, a few pieces of record keeping here and a few kind of exciting uh, out, out, announcements, Ooh, I guess. Excitement. Um, so, like, as as we said before, we, uh, we've got our... Uh, all of our previous episodes or, or all of our... Uh, all of our well-recorded previous episodes, I should say, <laughs> uh, are up on the Podbean. Uh, the Podbean has gone through a number of uh, changes. It has a fresh look now. Um, the website has been updated, so we have our own URL. It is uh, oh Myths and Stories with a Z. Dot Podbean com. We'll get you to our our splash page, which has been uh, given a fresh coat of paint as well. Uh, oh my God. additionally, you can find us not only on Podbean now, but, um, as far as I'm aware, the Amazon music link just went live. Uh, the Spotify link is pending and should soon go live as well. Uh, and what? the, and the Apple podcast one will be shortly followed. So, uh, we'll be in a couple Get different places shit here. out of here. Have yeah. we expanded? Is this, is this, oh my God, Christmas came early. <laughs> Yay! I, all, all it means is that people can find us on more platforms, which is never a bad Yay! thing. Exposure! Um, Normally you get to, you get arrested for exposure, but in this case, <laughs> it's welcomed. I think that's only if it's indecent, which ah, hopefully this gotcha. is not classified. Gotcha. Um, that's awesome. Well, but yeah. Yay! I don't, so, I, all yeah. right, Christmas is done now. We can go to Christ, next year. Christmas is done now. Um, I don't. I don't need. No, I need those minis. Don't. don't. <laughs> Warhammer, if you're listening, please. Game, games Workshop, please. If you're listening, I would love some more minis. Um, also, Final Fantasy TCG. If you got some more cards to send out, I'd love those too. All right. Uh, on that note, <laughs> I think that is that is everything from me. So. <laughs> All righty then. Well, uh, I, I definitely, as far as the uh, scheduling going forward, uh, in, in my head, we're obviously definitely doing uh, an episode next week. Uh, the 19th is where I'm curious if we're going to have an episode or not. Uh, and then the obviously 19th the, is the, a the, Sunday. The, oh, sorry. The 12th is a Sunday too. I need to look at numbers correctly. Uh, the 13th and the, tw- the 13th will have an episode. The 20th, I am unsure if we'll have an episode uh, because obviously that's when we start to get to winter break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know a, a, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, people take breaks during that time, and I, I don't mind taking a, a break till uh, till the net, till the new year. Um, so we might have a little like three week break there. 
uh, from the 20th to the 3rd, and then pick it back up on the 10th of January. Uh, and that's like I, I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a creator, if you're a dev, if you're a listener, if you're a follower, whatever. Everyone needs breathing room. Everyone needs some type of space to reset and relax. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know the games awards are this week. And there's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little off Destiny here. Uh, so I know the games awards are this week. And I know there's been tons of stuff happening in the games industry right now. Um, specifically the Activision Blizzard stuff has been really, really, really bothering me. Um, it's been rough. Uh, yeah. Not, not only for the people rough. directly going through it, but for all the people that counted themselves as, as fans of, uh, of Blizzard, especially that are now kind of absolutely coming to terms with what they may have supported in direct, you know, without right. Knowing. And that's and that's that's where like and then I, I look at that and then I, I also look at, at things like uh, obviously w- with our little podcast here it's just the two of us doing this and we don't have any type of like crunch or, or anything to meet or anything like that but I, I I don't I don't like that idea that that somebody has to work their ass off to get a product out that you know half the people that they release it to are gonna shit all over it. Uh, yeah. The most recent one I saw this weekend uh, uh, was uh, this is where we're really going to get demonetized uh, was on Kotaku, uh, and they had an article about uh, um, the Halo Infinite subreddit uh, mm. literally being shut down because of the level of toxicity there, and that that is crap. There's no reason, like even even the devs of three four three came back and were like, "Look, this is a game, like." you you as a society not just like like you know an individual you but like you as like the royal you everyone needs to take a second and look at what they're doing and realize how they are affecting people around them and it's 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 funny to me to think that everyone's like oh well because it's christmas you need to be nice fuck that it everyone needs to be nice 100 percent of the time like there's no reason to belittle an- another person. There's no reason to to tear down another person just because you have a different idea or different belief than them. And so that's that's where I, that's where like when we, when we talk about things like religion on this ep- on this podcast, um, they're hard topics to cover because you, you we try to skate that fine line of you know obviously we we never intend to offend anyone ever, but sometimes it it will come off as offensive. But that's it's not it's not an intentional thing. But at the same time, there's no reason for anyone to come out and be like, "Oh, well, to hell with you guys, you guys." Yeah, right, 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 right. Like that's that that it's okay to have a difference of opinion and not have an extremist point of view of it, and to take an extremist point of view action on it. So, um, with that, now that I've gone really sad and mopey and <laughs> all that stuff, uh, we'll bring it back to a lighter note. Uh, Thank you all, uh, this is my last thank you, um, to all uh, game devs and writers and everyone throughout the gaming industry um, that has any type of influence on it. Uh, you know, even, even the YouTubers that, that cover things exclusively, um, content creators, everyone, um, thank you. Uh, as as creators ourselves for this podcast, we we know it. A lot goes into it, and and it's and it's a it's a it's something that obviously we're very passionate about, 
if we're passionate enough to put it out there and now to be out there, out there, yay us. I'm, I'm still kind of wrapping, <laughs> wrapping my head around that. Uh, yeah, then, you know, it, it's, we love it that much. That's how, that's how much we love Destiny. That's how much we love the lore. That's how much we love everything about it. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, all, as always, uh, thank you to all of our followers. Um, and, T, and specifically, Tian Italiano, who didn't know what to create himself, so he just created a random one, and we were so convinced it was a bot. And then we found out that it was him. So well, yeah. and then he forgot it was him. He, that's the better part, right? Like he was like, "How do I follow you guys?" And it was like, "You, you're already following us." Was, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's me. Like, what do you mean that's you? Like, <laughs> all right, okay. Uh, all right. Well, any any last parting words then, Myth? No, say just uh, you know, everyone be good to each other. Amen. Ayat. ah that's all right there's it there it is there you go um okay so then from all of us lore nerds uh to all of you guardians out there we'll see you next week